Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. Your host, Josh, here. I want to thank everyone again for subscribing, liking the podcast. If you haven't, uh, please do so wherever you listen to your podcasts. But it is the Tuesday after the Super Bowl. Didn't do a podcast yesterday. So I'm going to be discussing that. The Chiefs, Niners, Super Bowl, my thoughts on that. Patrick Mahomes' thoughts as well as he wins his third Super Bowl, third Super Bowl MVP. Then get into those GOAT conversations. Future with the Chiefs. Can they three-peat? Big question there. And then I rank my top 10 teams of this past NFL season coming up. So this is, to me, Tuesday after the Super Bowl is really the last day to discuss the Super Bowl, yes, there is the parade tomorrow, uh, but from here on out, the 2023-2024 season's over, and it is, you know, looking ahead to the 2024-2025 season, free agency, draft, uh, so that's what I'll be mainly hitting, uh, you know, for the next couple months, uh, free agency, you know, is upon us in a few weeks, teams can already start making moves, Agreeing to trades, uh, releasing people to save money, uh, guarantees all that, and then of course the draft combine, all that good stuff. So it's going to be a wildly fun off season. I really do think it's going to be, you know, a great off season. I think a couple years ago when we had the Tyreek Devontae trades, you know, two years ago, that was like peak NFL off season. I have a feeling that we're going to get close to that this off season. I think it's going to be great. But uh, that is not the time for now. Uh, now is a time to talk about the Super Bowl. So Chiefs beat the 49ers 25-22 to in overtime. Now, was this better Chiefs? Or was it the 49ers who lost the game? Uh, I have to go with the 49ers who lost the game uh, strictly because they had the lead. Third time Kyle Shanahan's done that. Had a double-digit lead in a Super Bowl. Got off to a 10-0 start and couldn't close the deal. Now, uh, this game was pretty even for the most part. Uh, You kind of take a look at the um, stats there for the teams. And the Chiefs had one more first down. Uh, you know, the whole game. Uh, they kind of ran, you know, around the same amount of plays at 70. Uh, the Chiefs did uh, outgain them in yards due to the passing yards uh, by about 50, you know, rushing about the same. Uh, red zone attempts, both were not perfect. Penalties, both had six penalties. Uh, time and possession, both were around 38. Uh, but there was two keys that didn't go the Niners' way. And two crucial keys you need to win Super Bowls. One was the turnover differential. Kansas City was plus one. They both turned the ball over twice. However, Kansas City... uh, My bad. They both turned the ball over um, two times. Uh, One was the Patrick Mahomes interception and one was the Pacheco fumble. However, one for the Niners uh, was a bit odd. So... My bad, I forgot about the Pacheco fumble. So it was even turnover differential. 
You have a McCaffrey fumble. You have a Pacheco fumble after that. Um, but the you know, bad turnover was the muff punt by the by the Niners. That's one you don't want to see. Hits the guy's foot. You know, Ray Ray McLeod uh, obviously saw that and it was right to try to pick it up. However, you don't want to pick it up and run with it. You just want to fall down on the ball. And I don't know how many times people has to have to say this. Just recover it. Uh, don't try to pick it up and make a play because you're not probably going to gain full control possession of it. You get tackled, ball pops out again. It's better to just dive, fall on the ball, and make sure you have it. It's your send the offense out on the field. So uh, that, to me, was bad. Uh, and the other one, the biggest one, was third downs. The third down efficiency. Uh, the Niners were 3 for 12 on third down. Terrible. Uh, 25% right there. Not good. Chiefs were 9 for 19, uh, just below 50%. So Niners had a tough time converting third downs. Why? Because that's when the Chiefs started sending in the blitz. You know, Trent McDuffie coming off a slot blitzing. That's when Steve Spagnola got creative, uh, forced Brock Purdy to just get rid of the ball. And they were also in some third and longs as well. And those are difficult to convert. So another big key there was the third down efficiency. So that to me, two big reasons why the Niners lost that game. Another big reason, uh, not the biggest, but you know, just a question, why? And that was Christian McCaffrey. So Christian McCaffrey did have the early fumble, but was brilliant this game. It was great in the first half. Then in the third quarter, you don't really use him, and then you go back to him on the fourth quarter as dominant. So my question is, why do you get away from running the football in the third quarter when it's working, when Christian McCaffrey is your best player? Why do you think about throwing the ball and not running it with Christian McCaffrey? It's painful uh, to watch because, you know, you know the last uh, drive, last couple drives in overtime, Nobody could stop Christian McCaffrey. He was easily getting four or five yards of carry. Why do you abandon that in the third quarter? To me, it makes no sense. Another big thing for the Niners, Drake Greenlaw towards Achilles. That is obviously a huge bummer. That was a huge loss uh, for him uh, in the defense as a whole. So to me, Niners did more to lose the game than Chiefs did to win the game. Uh, Chiefs had, you know, specifically Patrick Mahomes had that, you know, bad interception where he kind of just overthrew Travis Kelsey, uh, try to make a great play. Obviously, it uh, didn't happen. I thought Patrick Mahomes, you know, rough first half and then second half was surgical. Him, Travis Kelsey uh, were dialed in in that second half, uh, were brilliant in second half and overtime. Uh, and that was a key to winning the game. Uh, whereas, you know, Nick Bosa and the pass rushers were brilliant in the first half and in, even in the third quarter. And the fourth quarter in overtime just got tired and couldn't sustain that uh, rush anymore. And Patrick Mahomes started to run the ball more. He had nine carries for 66 yards, was their leading rusher. And the Chiefs were not, you know, game-planned for those, you know, read option in his scrambling uh, which is something he does in the postseason. Uh, so again, just poor uh, coaching on that fact that they weren't ready for some of those Mahomes 
uh, rush attempts, you know, and scramble plays um, there. But got to get my hats off to the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. They found a way to win uh, in that final drive. Good for them. Uh, you know, again, congrats to them, to Patrick Mahomes winning his third ring, third uh, Super Bowl MVP, Andy Reid winning his third MVP. I thought, you know, Travis Kelsey could have won Super Bowl MVP because, again, he erupted in the second half, uh, was unstoppable there. I thought McCole Hardman was really good. I thought Trent McDuffie and Chris Jones both had solid games as well for this Chiefs team. But now with that third Super Bowl win, third Super Bowl MVP for Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes can now officially enter the conversation with Joe Montana and Tom Brady. So before this, I didn't think there was a discussion uh, point to be made. Uh, You know, the Tom Brady-Patrick Mahomes conversations, to me, it was pointless, meaningless, you know, silly uh, conversations. But now you can say he enters a conversation with Montana and Brady. Why? Only quarterback besides those two with three Super Bowl wins and three Super Bowl MVPs. And he now has more playoff wins, you know, than Peyton Manning and Elway and all those guys. So he is in that conversation. And what I think of it is, is there was a door uh, that opened. And, you know, I'll really compare this to um, Next Level Chef since I've been watching it. So there's three levels of Next Level Chef. You start at the basement. You make your way to the middle, and then you have the top floor. So right now, I have Tom Brady, of course, at the top. You know, you've got uh, Joe Montana in the middle and Tom and Patrick Mahomes uh, down in the basement. And I say that because there is differentiating marks for the three. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, still needs another Super Bowl to get to uh, Montana. And then he needs a few more Super Bowls and a lot of career accolades, achievements to pass Tom Brady and get to that top level. But there's only three people in that whole kitchen in uh, it's those three. So Patrick Mahomes just entered the door. However, there is levels to this. And that's what I said yesterday. I posted something on my Instagram. It's people want to move the goalposts uh, for Patrick Mahomes because it's like they're comparing, uh, you know, the first six years as a starter to Patrick Mahomes to Tom Brady uh, and the three Super Bowl wins and three and all that, the two, you know, with repeat Super Bowl as well. However, Tom Brady did that in his first four years as a starter. So what Tom Brady did in, or what Patrick Mahomes did in six years Tom Brady did it in four. So if you want to look at a true six-year stretch, there is a six-year stretch Tom Brady had where he went to, you know, six championship games. He went to five Super Bowls, and he won four. Again, one more than each of the things Patrick Mahomes did if you just want to dissect a six-year period in their career. So you have that uh, conversation. So to me, no matter how you slice it, Tom Brady, still better. Still on that top level above Patrick Mahomes now. Patrick Mahomes was great. And 
I think it's undoubtedly he is the best active quarterback right now. There is no doubt about it, and there is a gap between him and what I think now is Joe Burrow because Patrick Mahomes has the three Super Bowls, three Super Bowl MVPs. And Patrick Mahomes, uh, again, said you know, on the air a couple times that he likes to go conversations compared to the greats. But however, he did admit that it will be tough for him to catch Brady due to that Super Bowl loss. That's something Tom Brady will always have over him. And when you go to nitpick sort of things, that, you know, to me is what I said on my podcast last week when I, you know, really went in on, you know, this conversation and entertained it. You know, everything favored in Brady. And then the last thing, the trump card really, was that Super Bowl win. Uh, so you have that. Uh, we'll see. So, you know, Tom Brady won three of in those first four years. Then he didn't win any for a stretch of nine, ten years. So, again, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to go nine, ten years uh, because, you know, people want to skew it. So, really, it would be going six, seven years. Uh yeah, six, around seven years um, between this next one. I don't think that'll happen. I'll be shocked. But again, there's still great quarterback play in our league, or in the NFL. And Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, uh, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, Jordan Love's up and coming. So there's going to be quarterbacks. There's going to be chances um, for this team to get taken down. And I don't see them three-peating. I don't, uh, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, the questions they have with two of their star players, and that's with Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed and their contract situations uh, looming in the back end. It's it's probably improbable uh, to keep both those players, again, Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed. However, if I were to keep one, it would have to be Chris Jones. Uh, Chris Jones has been the defensive anchor uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. One of the best defensive linemen in the league. Uh, been so disruptive in these Super Bowl runs. Yeah, he is a guy I don't let go. I move Sneed because I have Trent McDuffie, another corner. And his corners tend to age. I know he's only 27, he'll be 28. They tend to get worse. Chris Jones is only 29, going on 30. Aaron Donald's still older than him and still has great years. So, again, I keep Chris Jones. I have McDuffie, and I can develop another corner. Uh, If I lose Chris Jones, uh, I don't have a great replacement for him. And, you know, Snead could have a bad year because he didn't have a great Super Bowl. Brandon Ayuk got him a couple times, you know, touchdown catch on him. uh, Wasn't great and didn't have a great playoff run. Um, Was great in the regular season. But come playoff time, a little more shaky. Uh, so I wouldn't keep Snead. Um, that's just my preference. So you have that part of the three-peat looming there, uh, keeping players and things like that. Uh, you have the you know extreme hunter where the Chiefs were the hunted this year. But to me, some people wrote him off. It's not going to be like that next year. It's going to be heightened to the max. Uh you're going to have every team going after them. Of course, Chiefs have that first-place schedule. A tough schedule they have next year. And another thing with the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, year older. Andy Reid, a year older. Some of those uh, guys, you know, 
getting up there, it's how much longer can they sustain this. So do I think the Chiefs are going to three-peat? No. Is there a chance? Of course there is. And, you know, I'm not going to doubt Patrick Mahomes that often. It's not that I doubted him. It was more of a team that I doubted um, around him. But he's shown that he has the ability to elevate um, the parts around him, much like Tom Brady did. Um, so i got to give it to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But now, what I want to do, what I am going to do, is rank my top 10 teams from this season to officially close this chapter in the 2023-2024 season. These are just my teams. I might throw out some stats on there, but these are just the teams I thought were the best from this past year. This is my list, top 10, not the rankings, not the standings. Just the top 10 of this past year. Number 10, the Miami Dolphins. Yes, I have them at 10. His, one of the great offenses this of this past year. One of the great offensive years a team has ever had. Uh, Tyreek Hill, sensational. Uh, Tua played the whole year. Jalen Waddle was great. This offense was really good. They even put up 70 points one week against the Denver Broncos. Uh, you know... Offensively, they were, again, great. Uh, they had the first-place lead for six, 17 of the 18 weeks. It came down to the final week where they weren't in first place in their division. So Miami was a very, very good team. Mike McDaniel is a great coach. Raheem Mostert, you know, career year for him all around. Number one offense across the board. Uh, they were great running the football, passing the football. Um, they are the number 10 team to me. Number nine, Houston Texans. Why did them at nine? Well, I thought Houston was going to be one of the worst teams this past year. And a lot of people, I don't think, expected them to be good. And they were great. Uh, first year, win the division. Uh, beat Trevor Lawrence and the um, Jaguars to take that division. D'Amico Ryan's excellent uh, first-year head coach. C.J. Stroud, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, was great, and they didn't have a ton of weapons. Tank Dell, Nico Collins, you know, were their kind of guys, and they were able to win games with that. Will Anderson was great on the defensive side. Uh, D'Amico Ryans deserves a ton of props. Houston building for the future. Number eight, the Los Angeles Rams. Yep, I got the Rams today. I thought they were very good, and especially down the stretch. Puka Nakua, Turned out to be an absolute stud, and to me, is already a top ten wide receiver in the NFL. And they still have Cooper Cup. Uh, you know, Sean McVay, and while he's done one of the best coaches in the league, the play calling, uh, schematic wise, really good. Uh, see how the defense does next year with Raheem, Mo- Raheem Morris leaving, but they still got Aaron Donald uh, and players back there. Uh, but again, the key is this offense, offensive coach league. Uh, the Rams were terrific. Number seven, Green Bay Packers. Here we go, yet another offensive team, offensive coach. Uh, Jordan Love ascended, took a step forward, took a leap this year with the Green Bay Packers under the tutelage of Matt LaFleur. And Matt LaFleur, I thought, was tremendous in calling plays for this young team. Uh, youngest team in the league, youngest team to win a playoff game in like 50 years. Uh, just a ton of youth surrounding um, 
Jordan Love. You've got some of the experience in Aaron Jones, but outside of him, you know, Wicks and Christian Watson and Reed, uh, all these young guys out to prove it, and they were great, fast, twitchy team, uh, good offensive line. Uh, defense, again, leaves a little bit to be desired, but you go in there and beat the Cowboys in a playoff game, uh, deserve some respect. Number six was the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott, career year for him, MVP candidate, finished second, was great. Mike McCarthy called the offense this year. The offense took a step forward in the absence of Kellen Moore. Uh, Micah Parsons, another phenomenal year for him. Um, you know, losing Trayvon Diggs due to injury. Deron Bland stepped up. Stephon Gilmore stepped up. Um, so his team overall was very good. However, postseason loss does sting considering how good their roster was this year. Top five time. Number five, Buffalo Bills. Uh, the emergence of James Cook really did help this team and help Josh Allen. Josh Allen, again, terrific. Finished as an MVP finalist. Uh, other weapons stepped up. Shakir and other guys in the absence of Gabe Davis, who missed a lot of time, and Stephon Diggs, who had a very rough end to the season. Defense improved through a myriad of injuries that they faced, so Buffalo Bills are a really good team. Number four, Baltimore Ravens. Yes, number four, it had the MVP candidate quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who was terrific. Zay Flowers, their first-round pick, turned out to be really good, really good for this team. Uh, other weapons were good. Odell that they signed uh, made some plays. Rashad Bateman uh, and the boys in this running game. Defense, Mike McDonald, hard-coached, hard-nosed, uh, got this team playing really good, uh, fast players all over there. Kyle Hamilton, uh, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, um, just a phenomenal job that John Harbaugh and this team did. Number three. The Detroit Lions. Uh, man, am I proud of my Lions for a tough NFC Championship game fight, an eventual loss, and man, do I think they could have won the Super Bowl, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Dan Campbell, excellent coach, great motivator, great team guy, everybody respects and loves. Dan Campbell's the guy for this team. Jared Goff. Good quarterback, not the best, but very solid pocket guy. Uh, great running backs. To me, best running back duo combo in David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Uh, weapons, Amon Ross St. Brown. Top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. Laporta, top four tight end already in the NFL. Uh, second team all pro this year. Aiden Hutchinson is their superstar on defense. Again, defense leaves some to be desired, but this offense was third to the Niners and the Dolphins this year. So can't really complain. Number two, the San Francisco 49ers. They are two. Uh, All-star weapons all around the team. Uh, just a stacked roster with Debo, Ayuk, uh, Kittle, Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, Dre Greenlaw. I mean, stacked, stacked, stacked. Brock Purdy had an MVP caliber season. He was terrific. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, boy wonder, great coach. Came up short in the Super Bowl, but another great run. Fourth uh, AFC Championship game in five years. Two Super Bowls in four years. Uh, just a great um, 
you know, go at it for the Niners this year, however ended uh, shorter than they would like. And number one, of course, has to be the reigning defending champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, deserve to be number one. They did win the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl MVP, three of them, uh, back-to-back Super Bowl winners, three Super Bowls in four years, my bad, three Super Bowls in five years, can't put them on Tom Brady's level, my bad, my bad, Tom, uh, three Super Bowls in five years, uh, just in the class of the NFL, um, for the past five years, uh, so I've got to give them props, give them credit, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, um, good for them, they're in the year number one, they deserve it, a uh, phenomenal year by the Kansas City Chiefs. So there you have it. That is my top 10 list. That concludes the 2023-2024 season. Again, this season, you know, was great. It was phenomenal. Uh, Lions, you know, love that story. Chiefs winning, you know, just feels like that happens again. Niners still being good. So great season, great NFL season, you know, NFL game ended in overtime, which was great as well. First, second time ever. First time since uh, the Patriots Falcons won another thrilling Super Bowl. And just great year all around. Uh, do want to end on this note though, when in the college football world, um, so you know a lot has happened, but you know the before the draft there is the draft combine, and. Just so you know, not everybody can go to the Combine. You can't, like, apply it. You have to be invited to the Combine. So, of course, being a Michigan fan, wanted to see how my players would go there, do there. Well, they had a record 18 players invited to the Combine. The previous record was, of course, the loaded 2020 LSU Tiger team who won the national champion. They had 16 players Invited to the Combine, Michigan broke that record with 2018. I'm telling you, this 2023-2024 Michigan Wolverine football team, best college football team I've ever seen in my life. Uh, This college, and I know, uh, you know, there was a little bit of the scandal with the sign stealing, which is still not resolved, but doesn't feel like a big deal because the NCAA president said Michigan won it fair and square, so it's like, eh. You know, I think the whole thing's overblown, overstated. But I look at this four-team playoff thing, I think the only one that was comparable to this Michigan team, you know, was that LSU team. The Alabama COVID year, I don't really like it because it was COVID. Uh, So really that LSU team and last year's Georgia team, I thought was stacked. So those to me are the three best. Of course, I'm a little biased towards Michigan. I think Michigan does beat those two. And then you have people saying, you know, the old USC teams and things like that. And it's like, you know, I don't know about that. Like, yeah, they had Reggie Bush and uh, players, but now Lineart was good, but he wasn't that great. JJ, to me, was better. Uh, you know, it'll, it's going to be interesting, uh, you know, how history looks on this team and the scandal, but... I think Michigan is going to break, you know, the Georgia record of most players drafted. They broke the LSU Combine record. Uh, Just a lot of great players on that. So I'm looking forward again to doing free agency, getting into the draft, and, you know, coming up with some mock drafts for you all. Uh, Now that the 
the NFL season's over. Time to, you know, you know, focus all guns towards the off season, uh, which again I think is going to be very exciting, thrilling. Might be some change, you know. Already Aaron Rodgers is, you know, trying to recruit Devontae Adams to New York. Uh, Brandon Ayuk and his camp, you know, wish they were involved more in the Super Bowl, you know, threatening to leave. So again, already getting interesting days after the Super Bowl. Be talking about all those stories, free agency, all that. Looking forward to it. So until then, until the next show, probably sometime this week, I'll talk to you then. Have a great rest of your day. Bye, everybody.